Hello, I'm Derek Walker. I'm the pastor of the Oxford Bible Church. And today we're continuing our series on the ABCs of faith. How faith works. How it's released. And we're studying the prayer of faith that Jesus described in Mark 11:24. He said, Therefore I say to you, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. You can believe you receive something from God when you pray, if you believe that God is a liberal giver, who immediately sends you the answer in the spirit when you ask. He releases it upon request. So then you can believe you receive it when you pray. So in order to do this, however, you need to know the promise, the promises of God that cover your need. And then once you've got your faith established on that promise, you can come to God and believe you receive the answer into your heart. The prayer of faith is essentially taking God at his word, trusting and receiving his promise is true. You know, even before your senses and feelings tell you that you have it. In the prayer of faith, we're essentially saying to God, Lord, your word promises it to me. I believe your word and I receive your promise now. I receive the answer now. It's mine. I take it now. And that's not presumptuous if, God, if this is something that God has given to you in Christ. It's something that's part of your covenant. Because the blessing, the answer is in the word, in the promise, when you receive the word in your heart, you also receive the blessing. You now have it, you possess it in your heart. So after you have prayed the prayer of faith, we can say, thank you Lord, I have it now and I thank you for it. Let me give you some examples of the prayer of faith because all Christians have prayed the prayer of faith at least once. But often they just stop there. Because salvation, the new birth, is received through the prayer of faith. We all received our salvation. We all received Christ through the prayer of faith based on God's promises. Promises like, whoever calls on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, in other words, invites me in, I will come into him and dine with him, fellowship with him, and he with me. Revelation 3.20. Since the new birth is spiritual, uh, then that miracle happened instantaneously. God immediately, when you pray that prayer of faith, God immediately sends the answer. He doesn't say, well, wait five weeks and then I'll give it to you. No, the moment you pray that prayer and receive Jesus, his spirit comes into your heart he makes you a new creation in Christ. You're born again. It happens instantly in the spirit. And, and so the prayer of faith works instantly. God does that miracle. Then, of course, you need to know what to do after the prayer of faith. You have to protect your heart from unbelief getting in because Satan, for example, will, might come and say, oh, it didn't really work. God hasn't really accepted you. And when that happens, you have to stand your ground. You have to go back to the scripture that you were trusting in and saying, no, Lord, your word says that all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I called on your name, therefore I'm saved. Jesus said, whosoever believes in me has eternal life. Lord, I've put my trust in you, so I have eternal life. And you stand your ground that you have received the promise. 
And that's how it works in every area of receiving God's promises. You pray the prayer of faith based on his promise. Then you need to stand your ground and thank God that he's done it for you. Then another example is receiving forgiveness and cleansing from our sins. The classic promise there is 1 John 1 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful, faithful to his word, and just, righteous, by the blood of Jesus, to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's two things there. Forgiveness is objective, it's legal. It's God, as it were, as the judge saying, you're forgiven, I don't hold that against you. Cleansing, on the other hand, is subjective. It's something that happens in your heart. It means being washed from the memory, from the guilt, from the shame of that sin. And God will do both. He'll officially forgive you, but he'll also cleanse you by the blood of Jesus, from your con cleanse your consciousness. So, most Christians believe they can, you know, can believe that they receive forgiveness and cleansing when they pray, when they confess their sin and pray and ask. They believe that God answers that prayer and they receive it at that moment. They know, you see, that God is satisfied with the blood of Jesus and that God has accepted that blood as full payment for all their sins. So that at the moment they confess and ask for forgiveness, he, they know he's faithful to forgive and cleanse them. And, and after they've prayed, then guilt feelings may remain for a time. But what do they do? Do they assume from those feelings that they're not really forgiven? No. They stand their ground. They take God at his word. They say, no, you promise, Lord, that if I confess my sins, you forgive me. And, and they trust the blood of Jesus to cleanse them. And if they maintain their faith in that way, then soon enough, the cleansing works and the peace is fully restored to them. So when feelings come that maybe this hasn't worked, what you do is you don't doubt God's promise. Instead, you go back to God's promise and you say, no, Lord, you promised if I confess my sins, I'll be forgiven. I thank you that you have forgiven me. Well, another example of the prayer of faith is prayer for wisdom. The Bible says in James chapter 1, verse 5 to 8, If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and without reproach. So wisdom is another thing. Wisdom means you're in a situation you don't know what to do. You can ask God, and he will give you the wisdom you need. He says God gives to all, gives wisdom to all men liberally and without reproach. God's ready to give you wisdom, he's just waiting for you to ask. It says, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given him. So God will give immediately the wisdom. He's, he's a good God, he's a generous God, he doesn't withhold, he's a liberal giver. But he says, you, it's not enough to pray, but when you pray you must believe you receive it. You see, that's what he says in the next verse. But let him ask in faith. You see, God will give it, but if you don't ask in faith, you won't be able to receive it. What is the faith that you need to receive the answer? Let him ask in faith, believing, well, we've just been told what you have to believe. You have to believe that God's a liberal giver who gives upon request. Let him ask in faith with no doubting. Do not doubt that God is a liberal giver, that he'll give it immediately. For he who doubts God's goodness 
is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. The Lord gives the wisdom, but he's not able to receive it because he's a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So you see, the way the prayer of faith works is the moment you ask, God releases the spirit of wisdom to you and you believe you receive it in your heart. Then as you walk in fellowship with God, and let me recommend praying in other tongues, then the wisdom that you need will come up from your spirit, come up from your heart, and it will come into your mind. And so you believe you receive it in the spirit first, and then as you walk with God, it will come into manifestation. That's how the prayer of faith works. Healing as well as you can pray the prayer of faith for healing. James 5.15 says, the prayer of faith, that's the prayer of believing you receive. When you pray, the prayer of faith will heal the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And so God, you see, freely gives us healing power when we ask. We come to God and we receive healing power. We believe we receive it. If we know that, we can believe we receive it when we pray and that healing power will then be in us and begin to work in our bodies to drive out sickness and to make us whole. But there's a time period often between the moment you receive that healing power and the manifestation of your healing. And in that time is not the time to say, oh, it didn't work because I can still feel weakness in my body or problem in my body. No, is that, that time period, that healing power is working in you, but you must now remain in faith, trusting God to fulfill his promise and thanking him to do it. Thank you, Lord. I've received healing power. That healing power is working in me now, making me whole. And as you keep the switch of faith turned on, then that power that you received in the prayer of faith will be working and making you whole. But there's a time period. So really what I want to share with you today. Having prayed the prayer of faith, what are we to do to, to help that full manifestation come to pass? Jesus said that if you believe you receive it when you pray, then you will have it. It will be manifested in due time. But there are principles for what to do in that time period. Another prayer of faith is for our daily needs. Matthew 6.11 says, Give us this day, now, our daily bread. And so provision of daily needs, you can pray the prayer of faith. All these things are examples of blessings that God has already given us in the new covenant. They're paid for by the blood of Jesus. They're God's will. So when we ask God for them, he hears us when we pray and gives it to us immediately and we can believe we receive them. But if we don't know this, then we will doubt and we'll fail to receive. We'll be praying wishful prayers, thinking, well, I hope God hears me. But he does hear you, but you won't be in position to receive it because you've doubted his generosity. Well, there are many blessings that are given to us freely. Ephesians 1.3 says, God's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, in our covenant through the blood of Jesus. But, of course, you can't just claim anything with a prayer of faith. You can't receive something by faith that God hasn't given you. You've got no right to do that. And you could never have the faith to do that anyway because there'd be no scripture to support you. Uh, John 3.27 makes this plain. It says, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. 
But praise God, God has given us many things from heaven through Jesus Christ, and we can receive those things from God. Well, the process of faith is like seed time and harvest. And God sends the answer, you see, in spiritual seed form. The word of God is like seed. His answer's in the seed. It's the container of God's blessings, the word. The seed by itself cannot produce the results. It has to be received into good ground. That's our heart. And when we receive the answer, the seed, the promise, through the prayer of faith, that's like the word, the seed, being planted in our heart, you see. And uh, the, once the seed is planted invisibly, as it were, underground, in our heart, then we have the answer within. The answer's in the seed. And when we believe we receive, that seed's planted in our heart, and then it begins to grow. As long as we keep the atmosphere, the, the surroundings of our heart, uh, good, good ground, the seed, that the seed can grow and bring forth the manifestation. That's how the prayer of faith is. It's the planting of the seed. But then the, the results are not automatic. We then have to do things in the, between the seed time and the harvest. We can't make it happen. It's God that gives the growth. But we can keep the soil in good condition and then the manifestation will come to pass. The implanted seed is well able to produce the manifested answer if there are favorable conditions. A believing heart, nourished by the word of God, walks in fellowship with God. It may stay invisible for a time, but it's there. It's alive and growing. And in due time, it will come into visible manifestation. It has the power to do it, but it takes time. This period of time between is called, the, there's a time period called between the seed time and the harvest while it's growing within. And this time requires patience on our part, you know, while that seed is growing. Patience means continuing in faith, believing that we've received the answer and that God is bringing it to pass. And so this time is very important. This process um, is also described by Jesus in John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5. He says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. I'm the source, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. See, God wants his, his fruit, his results, his life, his nature to be produced and manifested through us, his branches. So firstly, for our faith to work, he says, you must abide in me. We must be in fellowship with him and trusting him in his life to be working in us. But then he gives us, he describes the prayer of faith. How do we produce these results in our life? It's through the prayer of faith. Verse 7, if you abide in me, that's fellowship, and my words abide in you, that's the promise of God covering that need. He says you've got to get that word in your heart. And my words abide in you. You will ask whatever you desire. That's the prayer of faith. And it will be done for you. By this my Father's glorified that you bear much fruit. Manifest answers to prayer so that you'll be my disciples. You see, we must let God's words abide in us producing faith. 
then we can come to God and believe we receive what he's promised. The fruit, the manifestation is grown in us over a period of time then as we allow his life to flow in us. And as we abide in him, trusting him, patiently trusting him to bring forth the answer so it will be manifested. But first we have to ask and receive and then trust him to bring it to pass. And so he says God will be glorified. What is God's glory? He's glorified through the fruit we produce. For the answer to prayer is the glory of God. It's the manifestation of his life flowing through us. You see, the prayer of faith can't be prayed without the word of God. Firstly, the word prepares the heart to produce faith in the heart. And the the very answer that we receive by faith in seed form is the word, God's promise. And so receiving God's answer in prayer is actually receiving his word. We come to God, you see, trusting in his word that promises the answer, and we believe we receive from him that promise. And then the seed is planted in our heart. And then after a period of time, it will produce the answer. Now, another picture of this is is pregnancy. Receiving God's seed in your heart is like the conception of a new life in your spiritual womb. From the moment you believe you receive it, that answer is conceived in you. You don't have to try and get pregnant anymore. You've got it. But then there's a period of time, not necessarily nine months, but a period of time in which that answer is growing. The blessing is growing on the inside. It's still invisible. But, and you need patience until the birth, until it's manifested. And a classic picture of this is the conception, this process is the conception and the birth of Jesus in the womb of Mary because Jesus came through Mary's faith. It shows how God works. He works, because he works through our free will, he just doesn't impose it on us. He gives us his promise and invites us to believe. We receive the promise and when we do that, then he can bring it to pass through us. And so let's turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at two pregnancies in Luke chapter 1 very quickly. First of all, God gave the promise. Verse 30, do not be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you will call his name Jesus. It's promised. It hasn't happened yet, but that's the promise. Then Mary said to the angel, how can this be, since I do not know a man? She's not doubting that God will do it, but she's saying, how are you going to do it, Lord? Seeing it's impossible in the natural. That's our normal response, of course. And then the answer came. It would be God's spirit that would plant the seed, the word, in her, Jesus. And that would happen, actually, when she would believe she'd receive it. When she effectively prayed the prayer of faith. It's God's spirit that would do it. When we pray the prayer of faith, God's spirit applies and gives the answer into our heart. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, said the angel, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and therefore that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. He says the Holy Spirit will do it. And then he says the second part. First the Holy Spirit will put that seed in you. Then secondly, 
He says that implanted seed would have the life within itself to grow in Mary's womb until the time of his birth. Where'd you get that, Derek? Well, it's verse 37. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Well, actually, that's a bad translation. It's literally, no word of God is without the power to fulfill itself. In other words, that seed planted in your womb will, will have the power within itself to bring itself to pass. And when you believe you receive in your heart the, God's promise, it has the power in itself to bring itself to pass in a, over a period of time. Mary then responded by praying the prayer of faith, surrendering to God's will. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, I surrender to you, Lord. I'm your servant. Let it be unto me according to your word. I believe I receive your word. And she believed she received. And that moment, the Spirit of God came on her and Jesus was conceived in her womb. Hallelujah. The seed was planted and then nine months later was fully manifested. Soon after, she meets Elizabeth who says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. In other words, when we receive God's word, we receive the blessing. And as a result, there will be a fulfillment of that word because now God's life and spirit is working in us to bring it to pass. Often Christians do not have the patience. After they've prayed, they don't have the patience to continue to believe. And therefore, they short-circuit the power of God. And they say, oh, it didn't work. No. Continue to believe and thank God that he's bringing it to pass. When we possess the answer through faith, we now have it planted in our heart like a seed, but we must let that seed grow until it ripens for harvest, producing much fruit. What we do in the seed, between the seed time, when we receive the promise, and the harvest time, when it's manifested, is very important. It will determine whether we will enjoy the fruit of our faith or not. And so now we're going to look at cl more closely at how to express our faith in this time to bring the promise to manifestation. One of the major keys of, to this is the words that we speak. Are they in agreement with God's word that is working in us? You see, if our words contradict God's word, then they will be fighting against God's word in us and create a toxic environment of unbelief in us which will hinder the growth of God's seed in us. And there's a classic example of this from Luke 1 as well, of another pregnancy, but this time one that contrasts with Mary's faith, Zechariah's unbelief. It's in Luke chapter 1, verse 5 we, and 6, we read about a priest called Zacharias and his wife Elizabeth, who were getting on now, and she was barren, and they had no child. And then it says that um, he was burning incense in the temple, and then, as he was doing this, as one of the most important priests in the temple, verse 11, the angel of the Lord appeared to him on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled. Fear fell on him. The angel said, don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard. And your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you will call his name John. This, of course, is John the Baptist. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. So in other words, God is giving a wonderful promise to Zacharias of a, of a supernatural birth. 
What a wonderful promise through a powerful angelic manifestation. But he reacts in unbelief. He says to the angel, how shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife is well advanced in years. This is actually different from Mary's question. Because Mary never doubted, even though it was impossible in the natural. But Zacharias is actually still unconvinced. Even though a glorious angel has appeared to him. Because he said, how shall I know this? Give me another sign, in other words. Give me some more proof that, that this is true. This is unbelief. He wasn't able to receive it because he believed his senses more than God's power to bring it to pass. He needed more proof. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And I was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. He's rebuking his unbelief. He's saying, what more evidence do you need? Now God has a problem. He needs to get John the Baptist in the earth, supernaturally, through Zacharias and Elizabeth. Now no doubt Elizabeth was in faith. She believed the promise. But there was a great danger of Zacharias aborting this supernatural birth by his negative words. And God in his mercy shut him up so he couldn't get in the way. And so we read that God made him mute until the baby was born. He says, behold, you'll be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words which will be fulfilled in their own time. You see, God had to shut his mouth to stop him aborting the birth by his unbelief and fear that he would have released through his words. And likewise, if we don't stop the unbelief coming out of our mouths, we will stop God's promises being birthed, even after we've received them in prayer. Well, Elizabeth brought forth a son. She received the same promise. She knew his name was John. And the moment that Zacharias actually agreed, his name shall be called John, God opened his mouth soon as he agreed with God's word, and he was able to speak again. And under the pressure of contradictory circumstances, don't give voice to your unbelief, for then you'll be giving that power over you. You'll be creating a toxic environment that will stop the word of God come to pass in your life. If in doubt, say out. All right? Thoughts of unbelief may come, but if you can't get Satan to, if Satan can't get your tongue, to contradict the word, he's got no power to stop it come to pass. You know, don't guard your heart and don't let your tongue speak those negative words. Don't abort what God is doing in your life. After you've received the promise, declare confidently that it's coming to pass. He who promised is faithful to do it. And I thank you, Lord. It's coming to pass. Amen.